It's been great hearing the good news going on, what God is doing here. Wow, potential elders, banquet here tonight. We're going to celebrate together what God has done in our lives and as a congregation. I see that some of our campus students and teens are having fun challenging the status quo from last week. Uh, Steve and Debs, I see you, you know. They usually sit over here. They're over here today, okay? So, you know, it's purposeful. Some of the campus and teens are mingling. Don't just change for the sake of changing, but uh, have a purpose behind it, right? You know, we've been having a blast in the youth and family ministry. Last night we had our teen Christmas party, which is always a fun thing, uh, especially when we start doing the white elephant game. Uh, If you've been a part of a white elephant game, you know how it can get. A little cutthroat at times, but it's fun. It's exciting. And uh, we had a blast. Uh, You know, it's been a while that I've been able to uh, come up and preach the Word, so i got a lot to share on my heart. Uh, But I've definitely been preaching uh, with the teens and just covering the series about Jesus and and, and amazed. Hashtag amazed, right? Uh, The qualities that amaze us about Jesus. And uh, one of them, that's why we talked about the, the reliability of God's Word. And it's just so cool that recently, you know, you heard in the news that there was a seal that was found of the biblical king Hezekiah. And uh, you're just like, wow, we literally just talked about this on Wednesday, that any artifact or archaeological dig has only further proved that these people existed during this time. It's awesome. It was so encouraging to wake up to that. And needless to say, we dug deep that midweek, Okay. Lots of pun intended. Yes, we're going to have fun this morning, okay? And this sermon as well, we're going to have lots of fun, and it's going to be challenging, perhaps maybe even more so because of the topic that we're going to talk about. It's already out of the bag, so you should know. It's the habit of having fun. Yes, Jesus had fun. Jesus was a fun guy. Now, maybe that's not your first thought, that Jesus was a fun guy. Maybe you think of mushrooms that way. You're like, oh, you know, you know, those are fun guys, but uh, maybe not Jesus. And maybe you're like me, right? There's images and portrayals of Jesus that you saw that were seldom, or solemn and, and, and sad and, and sorrowful, right, of Jesus awaiting his death on the cross. And he's hardly smiling because he's dealing with unruly people. And so he doesn't have time to smile. You know, here's this picture. Uh, well, I guess you already showed it, but the, the laughing Jesus picture, right? That never crossed my mind, you know? And yet, to not think of him as this way is inconsistent with the situations and scenes that we see in the Gospels. He attended dinner parties and weddings. Talk about a time to celebrate and be joyful, right? He used humor in his teachings, and he was, being so, he was so approachable that children loved being around him. He absolutely had fun. Jesus smiled. He was wider than anyone else's smile. He laughed. He laughed heartier than anyone else. He was young. He radiated good cheer with gladness of heart. He was playful. He was known for such genuine strength and passion and vigor and excitement and joy. His displaying love, simply put, Jesus set hearts of men afire. I can't imagine Jesus not having fun. Now, fun shouldn't always be the goal, okay? Nor is the Christian life always fun, okay? If someone told you that, sorry, they're lying to you. Now, I hope they told you that it's possible. I hope they told you it's worth it. 
But wow, to say that, you know, it's always fun. But, you know, it should be, as disciples, a natural part and process of us walking with God daily. Disciples should be the most fun-loving, fun-experiencing people on the face of the planet. But are we convinced of that this morning, church? So let's examine our lives this morning. Let's see how we can practice, how we can grow in this habit of having fun. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we truly come before you humbled and excited because we have a reason to. Father, thank you for waking us up and giving us the abilities to come and to serve, not to be served, but to worship and lift our voices to you, to hear uh, the blessings, to hear your work and your spirit moving in the hearts of people, Father. We're so thankful for you. Thank you for your son Jesus and his example. We pray right now that we could focus in and hone in on his attitude and his cheerfulness and his playfulness and his conviction of having fun. Father, we know it comes from you, and I pray that the scriptures would jump out at us and bring it to life. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. The habit of having fun includes laughter. You know, there's just something about a hearty laugh that's just simply contagious, right? You know, I love spending time with uh, my little guy, Emmanuel, and uh, little E-Man here. I just love seeing the latest ways that he finds to entertain us, uh, or at least to entertain himself, but then it's entertaining to us watching him do his thing. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'll, like, come and he'll lift up my shirt and he starts, like, making noises on my belly. That's the stuff we used to do to him, or we do to him, and now he's doing it to us. We're like, oh, no, no, that's what we do to you, man. Like, he's trying to, trying to turn the tables on us. But recently, he started doing this. I'd be sitting on the couch, and he comes up to my knee, and he puts his nose on my knee, and he just blows. He's just like, and he just looks up, and he thinks it's funny. He's just like, and I'm just laughing, right? Do you guys believe me? Okay, look, I got this video. Let's watch the video. First person to shout shotgun when you're within the side of the car. I mean, I mean, you can just hear the, the, the laughter, the purity of his little. You know, I mean, it's it's such from within. You know, it's so good. It just it's so contagious, right? Uh, you know, I love listening to that. I can listen to that all day, especially more than his cries. But you know, I can listen to that all day. Uh, you know, and, and, okay, here's another baby, if you haven't gotten your baby fixed, and, and try not to laugh this time. Okay, try not to laugh. Man, he, <laughs> that baby, a piece of paper tearing is like the funniest thing to, to him or her. That's hilarious. It's so contagious. You can watch that on replay and repeat. I bet some of you do. Uh, but that's a famous baby. He's all over YouTube. But, um, you know, let's continue here. Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Man, is it possible that laughter is a sacred sound to the ears of God? You ever thought about that? Just laughter. 
just pure laughter. You know, it has the capacity to heal our bodies, to cleanse our minds, to bring life to the spirit. Did you know there's physical health benefits when we laugh? You know, laughter reduces levels of stress hormones like cortisol and dopamine, increases infection-fighting antibodies, and endorphins, right? We like endorphins, right, when we're sweating, you know, in the gym and stuff. Improves blood flow to the heart. Laughter enlivens us physically. And that's a good thing to know. That's from God. But if we're not careful, and life gets way too serious. It gets way too complicated. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't mean for this to happen. But it just does. And then laughter just kind of slips away from our daily lives. You know, three main reasons people can't cope with life as they age is that they live in the past, the good old days, Low self-esteem, and thirdly, let's hear, hear this, they don't have the ability or the habit of laughter. The habit of laughing. I was reading some journals, you know, clinical research presented that the average four-year-old laughs at least 300 ta- uh, times a day. Wow. While the average 40-year-old laughs only how many times do you think? I hear two or 20 Somewhere between, you're almost there, three, four. Four times a day. Again, I'm not sure how they do this, right? I don't know if someone's sitting there and just watching them. They're like, okay, here's a four-year-old. Oh, laugh, 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 right? I mean, that's like 300 in a day, right? I mean, that's a lot, right? Then you got a 40-year-old, and you're like, laugh. <laughs> Hours later. Oh, yeah, that's a laugh. You know, I mean, I'm like, wow, I don't know how they got that. But if this is true, wow. You know, is laughter a daily habit of yours? If a cheerful heart is good medicine, then then maybe some of us need to get back onto our spiritual meds. You know, Jesus often used humor in his teachings. Matthew 7, verse 3, and maybe you haven't read it in this way, but he's giving this parable. He says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, hey, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. I. What makes this humorous is how absurd this is. You got a guy who has this huge log in his eye and making him unable to see. But for some reason, despite having that huge log, he can see that little, little, little speck in someone else's eye. And he's like, hey, you know, I know I got this huge log in my eye. I know I can't see really well and stuff. But believe me, man, I I see that little speck in your eye, man. I'm just trying to help you out, man. And it's like, what? Man, you got to take that log out first, dude, if you're going to help somebody. It's just humorous. You know, how different would your life be if you were to laugh as freely and numerous as a four-year-old? You know, in that question, the answer to that question, it matters. It matters. There are people in your life who love you, who depend on you. Your life can change dramatically at a moment for the worse. That's why this whole gratitude thing, we've really got to get down. 
If you haven't gotten enough lessons on gratitude, go back to them. We really got to get this gratitude thing down. It's a choice. You know, if we were more thankful, don't you think we'd have more laughter in our lives? Proverbs 15, verse 13, a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. That's what it does. From the inside out, it just shows that you are joyful. You have that. It's written all over your face. You know, I'm grateful for the people in my life who helped me to laugh, to not take myself so seriously. I'm grateful for people who put up with me and as I try to make them laugh, who put up with my puns, right? When they don't think it's so punny and funny, and I do, I'm grateful that they put up with me. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes even at my own expense. And that's going to happen at times, right? Like last week, right? That was a gift from me to you. If you were here in the announcements, right, Will, it's not God bless you. Text and say, bless your heart. Okay, I get it now. You know, okay, that was a gift from me to you, all right? You're welcome. You can laugh at my expense, but you're so spiritual. No one's laughing right now. You're so spiritual. Gosh, it's good for me. It's good for you to be able to do that. Yet some of us, we refuse to give ourselves the right to laugh at ourselves to have a sense of humor, to lighten up, to not always take things so seriously, then our cheerful faces will be the evidence of our joyful hearts. You know, I'll show this picture of one of my best friends, Boro. And, uh, you know, we all have friends. Uh, this kind of encapsulates our, our friendship there. It just sums it up there. We're at a, another friend's uh, wedding, and we're trying to be serious, take Fun, uh, you know, good pictures, and this is what he decides to do, okay? So that's my friend Boro, and you know, we have friends who, who, who bring life, right? They're full of life and cheer, and then we have other friends that, you know, we know that when we're around, you know, they come into our group, and, and the, the, the fun levels were at a, you know, at a nine out of ten, right? Then that person comes in, right? And now they're at an all-time low at two, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, they're just like Debbie Downers. They just suck the joy out of the group, okay? We've had friends like that. Boro is not like that at all. I've learned so much from him in the way he just brings joy and exuberance and laughter. Now, he's Macedonian, and he was, uh, you know, found skateboarding as a 16-year-old in Santa Monica. And I remember him coming to Dio for the first time, and him, his conversion, and now he's your brother in Christ, and one of my best friends. And uh, his English has gotten way better, but obviously, did I mention he's from Macedonia? And so we went to Pepperdine together, and he was my roommate for a couple years, and uh, there we were at Pepperdine, and we were playing. We were at the center where there's a lot of ping pong tables and a lot of traffic with students, right? And so we're there, and we're, we're playing ping pong, which is something we rarely did because we're responsible students, and we would usually be studying a lot. And so this time it just happened to be we're playing ping pong, and there's this group of fraternity guys who come into this group, and, uh, and it's rush week, right? They're asking students to, to pledge or to rush their fraternity, right? Rush week. So, hey, man, you rushing, you rushing, you know. And so this guy comes in, and, uh, you know, he comes in, and he, he sees Boro from afar, and he's like, hey, Boro, and Boro's like, hey, how's it going, man? Hey, hey, are, hey, man, are you rushing? Are you rushing? And you could just see Boro's face kind of like, wait, is he talking? Yeah, he is talking to me. No, no, and Boro responds, no, man, I'm Macedonian. 
I just dropped the ping pong paddle and go, oh my gosh, I can't play right now. This just happened. I, I mean, everyone's just cracking up like, dude, did he just say that? Like, what? And he's like, and then the guy's face, the, the fraternity guy's like, oh, no, man, no. I mean, you want to join the fraternity, man? You're going to rush it, pledge it? Oh, no, nah, man, I'm good, man. Hey, you want to come to Bible talk, though, you know? I mean, it was just awesome. What a memory. Uh, I told him I was going to tell this story. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one, man. Tell him. Um, but uh, that, that's Boro there. And, and you know, I, I want you to think about, ask me how hard was it for him, uh, for people to be attracted to him, to bring people to Christ, to him, or to, to Christ, and, and for him to uh, just connect, connect with people in a real way. People were gravitating and drawn to him. He had something about him there. Do people see you as a person full of life or one who zaps life out of people? You know, I saw this quote. It says, you don't stop laughing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop laughing. Okay? And, and some of us might be okay with growing old and grandkids and all that. But if you don't want to grow old, then don't stop laughing. Okay? Don't stop laughing. Paul in Philippians 4, verse 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Have fun. Have fun. Make it as clear as you possibly can that you're engaged in a real, authentic, life-changing relationship with God and that you're awaiting His arrival to share the good news of the kingdom of God. It's near. It's coming. The Bible tells us to make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. I can't tell you just how many times I just wake up, I'm looking at new stuff, and it's just sad. It's depressing. It, there's nothing to laugh about there. But man, if we truly believe this, that the days are evil, I believe we would make the most of every opportunity. And so let's do it. When we're convinced, then we won't put things aside for later. We'll, you know, we'll start serving now. We'll start giving now. You know, we'll, we'll put aside and deal with our sin in our lives now. We'll repent now, not later, now. Because God is ready and eager to give us more in our lives to rejoice over. Amen. You know, I'll tell you who's rejoicing right now. Those three sisters we baptized yesterday. That's awesome. That's awesome news. Incredible. So proud of, uh, you know, particularly Melloc because, uh, you know, she came through the teens with us. And we're so proud of her. And to see her make that great decision and, and ask her, wow, just, just moving. Moves my heart. All right. Next point. You guys with me? Enjoying life. We're having fun with the first point, but we got to go to the second one. Enjoying life. You know, it's God's idea to enjoy life. Not just endure this life, but to enjoy it. You know, just think about some of the things we take for granted, like our senses, right? He doesn't just give us food to eat. He gives us taste buds to enjoy. I hope during your Thanksgiving uh, feasts and feasts and all of that, you've had the pleasure of just enjoying some of those foods as they just hit the tip of your tongue, right? Or our hearing, to be able to hear little babies laugh like that from the gut so hearty. Or maybe you have a friend who laughs like that, you know. 
or the smells of lavender or the Christmas smells of a Christmas tree. You know, I don't know what it is, but wow, talk about enjoying life. That's from God. He's trying to give us the abilities to enjoy life. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is important for us to understand that Jesus came to give us life to the full. Not a, not a full life. There's a big difference between a full life and life to the full. We could be so busy, we could be so caught up in many things, that doesn't mean that you're living life to the full. You might have a full life. You might have hundreds and, and thousands of Facebook friends. It doesn't mean you have life to the full. Okay? All right? Instagram, you know, Instasham, right? Like, you're getting all these likes. It doesn't mean something, okay? It doesn't mean you have life to the full. We've got to be careful with that. You know, there are many enemies of the habit of having fun. You know, one of them is just busyness, right? We're just busy. We're too busy to have fun. You know, we can learn from children. They're not too busy. Uh, man, he's not too busy at all. Um... You know, what's next? What's this? What's that? And my nose only concerned with eating and sleeping and when he can watch Peppa Pig, you know? He's just like, man, let's go. Replay, let's go. But guys, we, we got to take this to heart. Are we just too busy to have fun? Because it's affecting us. We got to make time. We got to make time and schedules as a family to have fun. We feel guilty maybe, right? I feel guilty if I start to have fun. I'm supposed to be about the Lord's work. I'm supposed to be about the hustle and bustle. And sometimes we take pride in being busy, right? You tell people like, hey, they want to hang out. And you're like, oh, man, I'm busy, man. I'm sorry, dude. Can we hang out? And somehow that like makes us feel good because we're just like, yeah, I'm important. I got things to do, man. You know, I'm not just like you, not doing anything, hanging out all the time, all right? I got things to do. You know, and we can say that sometimes, you know. But then other times, you know, we're just like guilt-ridden. We're like, ah, you know, I don't know. Is that okay? Like maybe bringing up the habit of having fun here. You were like, wait, really? I told one of the teens yesterday, like, yeah, I'm preaching on the habit of having fun. And literally, like the face just like, wait, really? You know, it was like, whoa, we could talk about that? Yeah, we could talk about that. I feel guilty about that. Misperception, right? Christians shouldn't have fun. You know, before I was a Christian, I definitely thought that, man. Woo! Life, you know, fun, joy, killer. Here comes Jesus. Wow. I, I totally thought that. We'll, we'll talk some more about that. But, you know, and then maybe ignorance, right? I don't know how to have fun. You know, because how we have fun is different from one group to another, right? Like tonight, you know, like the dance we're going to have, right? And yours truly is going to be DJ for the first time, so have mercy on me. But, uh, you know, dancing might be your thing. You're like, that's a lot of fun. But for others, dancing is like, oh, man, that just brings out my insecurities, man. They got two left feet. You know, I remember one time I fell, slipped my, hit my head, man. I don't want that to happen again. You're like, whoa, man, I just want to dance. Let's just dance. Let's have fun. So sometimes the way we, you know, define fun is different from one person to the next. I get that. So let's get help. Let's not be ignorant. Let's get help on how you can have fun and have fun with others. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
you know, for the joy set before him. Because there was joy set before Jesus. What did he do? He endured the cross. He endured the cross. And what he did was he pleased his father. He was faithful to the task at hand. Remember that part I said about the Christian life not always being fun? Well, there was Jesus saying, man, you know, I, I want to I wanna please my father. And if that's what it means to please him, then I will do it because I want to please my father. And so we're being called to have that kind of attitude as well, to sacrifice, to deny ourselves. You know, before Jesus, you know, um, you know, before we could have life to the full, as we're talking about, Jesus himself had to die on the cross so we could have life to the full. He sacrificed himself willingly, unconditionally. So let's talk about denial of self. Let's talk about sacrifice. Talking about, wow, you know, we want to impact the world. We want to help people become disciples. There's going to be sacrifice involved. There's going to be denial of self involved. You know, that's what I love about youth family ministry. There, there definitely is no shortage of that. Uh, you're just prepared for that. And you got to learn to adjust and do life and ministry in that way because they're there. I love when, you know, I love being able to study the Bible with teens and just to see the light bulb turn on. You know, people are talking about, oh, yeah, man, he studied for years and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's a fact. But that's not what drives. That's not like a lingering, like, yeah, it was years. You know, that's not the thought that lingers over. Why? Because when that moment happens, when the light bulb turns on and someone gets it, they get it. And it's awesome. And it's worth it. I think of Daniel's baptism on Black Friday, raining, pouring. We're going to go to the south side of the region. A lot of our baptisms have been up in the north. It was so cool. You're in town. Hey, come on by. A lot of families came on by. They braved the weather. They said, this is what we need to be doing. I was so fired up about that. We're giving to each other, both groups, and just we're just there. We're there for each other, having fun, studying the Bible with people. You know, Jesus, this is what Jesus did. Sacrifice, denial of self, and others reap the benefit. Let me ask you this morning, whose life to the full are we sacrificing for? Whose life to the full are we sacrificing for? That if we were to sacrifice, we were to deny ourselves, wow, the potential of someone else having this life to the full instead of this full life could be there. But at the same time, you know, uh, what that means is when we're not willing to sacrifice, we're not willing to be inconvenienced, not willing to deny ourselves, we rob ourselves, we rob others of an opportunity of life to the full. And sometimes those others are people right in your own home. Man, is Jesus really king of this house? Does he come first in this house? Oh, it's so clear to the teens. So clear. It's so hard to unravel that. And again, I'm not talking about one situation. I'm just talking about a habit. I'm talking about a lifestyle. It's so hard. And so we got to talk about this. Not a full life. Talk about life to the full. 
You know, enjoying the process more than the results. Enjoying the process more than the results. You know how it shows you enjoy the process more than the results? You accept new challenges in your life. Okay? You're a one-year-old disciple. Five, 20, 30. Accepting new challenges in your life will show that you enjoy the process more than just the results. You're enjoying this life than just the result of finally getting to heaven. You're enjoying the process. You know, becoming a disciple, man, it was, it was just uh, exponential, this process, right? Learning to be all things to all men. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, one day I'm like listening to hip-hop and rap music. The next day I'm singing Blue Skies and Rainbows. I'm like, this is weird, okay? Like, what am I doing here? Basketball is life. You know, there's only basketball, man. Any other sport is just waste of time. I'm over here loving ping pong. I'm loving volleyball. I'm loving playing, uh, you know, golf a little bit. Though, you know, never play with a future collegiate athlete, top golf. That's just embarrassing. Uh, so let me give you your advice there. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But I love it now. I love these sports, you know, ping pong and beating people who play tennis and telling them, oh, I beat a tennis player. It's not like Ping pong, you know, tennis is not like it. Yes, it is, you know. And, and now I'm just having a lot of fun reaching out to people in that way when I was in college and, and music and tastes and, and things like that, guys. Wow, talk about accepting new challenges. But you know what we could get stuck in? It's like, I don't need to. Why do I need to do that? Why do I need to, like, learn about this culture, this taste, this sport, this, that, this, that, or the other? Why do I need to do that? I was taught because it's not about me. It's not about you. Oh, you know, Will, man, okay, you have Spanish and stuff. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I serve the teens, and a lot of them don't speak Spanish. I don't need to learn Spanish right now. You know, I ain't got time for, you know, I got other things. Will, it's not about you. You need to practice your Spanish. I need to get better. Okay, I'm accepting new challenges in my life. I don't know what those are for you to get beyond your boundary lines, to get beyond your comfort bubble. You know, the only people you allow in your life that, hey, this is what I do. One, two, three, four. I'll reach out. I love people who do one, two, three, four, and that's who I relate to, and that's who I am. I'm a specialist at those. I was taught, man, I want to love more people. I want to have more, as many people around me. I want to be able to be relatable to as many people as possible. And that's why, wow, you know, being a teen ministry, wow, talk about diversity and tastes and interests and all that. Talk about the irony, right, of leading kingdom kids who grew up in the church by a guy who did not. You know, it's just like, wow, that's so God. You know, I'm learning so much from them because guess what? Emmanuel is, he's grown up in the church, right? He's grown up with all of you, right? I'm looking forward to that. I'm accepting these challenges. Man, if you were willing to accept challenges in your life, Wow, life to the full of opportunities for others would be in store. It's choosing to enjoy the journey to heaven so we can help as many people as possible come along with us. Lastly, guys, celebration. We're going to bring this in for a landing celebration. We're going to go pretty quick here. Okay, God has meant for us to celebrate, to have fun by celebrating, right? Numerous and great celebrations occurred in the Bible. The Jews celebrated their exodus from Egypt. David danced. Tonight, there's going to be dancing at the banquet. Okay, you can dance like David tonight. Jesus turned water into wine at the wedding celebration. Uh, you probably can't turn water into wine, so that's okay. But we will have water at that party. Um, 
I think about celebrating my spiritual birthday, right? Man, March 13th comes around. Two guys get a call from me in the morning. Owen Thomas and Steve Lounsbury. And I tell them every time, thank you. Thank you for studying the Bible with me. Thank you for loving me. I haven't missed a year yet. Did someone tell me to do that? You have to do that. That's a da-da-da. No. I want them to share in my joy. I want them to celebrate in the years of maturity in Christ with me. So I call them real quick to let them know how much they mean to me. You know, imagine we had nothing to celebrate because all of your fun memories were erased. Can you imagine? All your fun memories were just erased. Wow. We have a lot of fun memories, right? But, right? but imagine, they're all erased. This past Thanksgiving, you know, we saw, um, we saw the movie Inside Out. And uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. I'm watching this, and I'm just like, okay, I did not expect this. Man. I wanted to laugh, have fun. I'm starting to feel things. This is not what I expected. Sadness, fear, joy. Ah, you know, inside out. What's going on? And one of the scenes there, I don't want to, you know, spoil it for you, but it talks about that. Like, wow, imagine the core memories of fun just being erased and how that would affect you from the inside out. You know, Matthew 25, 23, it's a, it's a parable here. It's a story of what the kingdom of heaven will be like. A parable to be faithful with what God gives us in this lifetime. There were servants, and they were given bags of gold, okay, talents, bags of gold, right? One of them had one, the other one had two, the other one had five. When the master came back, the one who had five now had ten. The one who had two now had four. The one who had one gave back one. He didn't do anything with it. And listen to the response of the master to the ones who were faithful. Because this is what it will be with us when we're faithful to Jesus. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have, done, you have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Catch this. Come. Come and share your master's happiness. Can you imagine? I mean, God telling us, Come and share. Come and celebrate my happiness. That his servant was faithful about what he had been given. He says, come, come and share. Let's celebrate. Let's have fun. We're faithful to God. We're obedient to God. He calls us to come and share. That we're having fun celebrating our lives with God. According to God's will. Within the limitations of God's will. Uh-oh. There goes that restrictions part. There goes that killjoy part. There goes the limits part. See, God doesn't, you know, he doesn't take away fun. God gives true fun. Sin takes away true fun and offers fun. Because, you see, fun is not determined in the moment. It's determined afterwards. It's determined by the shame the guilt, okay? The regret that comes after it. Is that really true fun? And unfortunately, there are many people who don't want to let God into their lives because they fear God will make them give up anything that is fun. In other words, they think that to become a Christian, it's like saying, okay, the party's over. 
You know, to be spiritual is to be miserable. I mean, that's just what I've seen, right? Christians, oh man, they just got that droopy face. Wow, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to read the Bible that much? Why would I want to come to church that much? (laughs) May it not be said, but our lives and our examples as disciples, amen? But you know, people are frantically looking for fun fixes. And that means that they operate under the law of diminishing returns. People are willing to spend more time, more money, more energy, and less and less thrill. They go around asking, are we having fun yet? Jesus has this interaction with the woman at the well, John chapter 4, right? Sign up for Women's Days online, okay? Woman at the well, just put in the plug. But Jesus has this interaction with the woman at the well, and she's got this jar. She keeps coming back and back and back. Why? Because it's an empty well, and Jesus is trying to open her eyes to it. Hey, leave your jar, because if you keep coming back to this well, I promise you, it will leave you empty. You think next time it will be different. Uh Uh-uh, it won't be. But, man, you drink the water that I offer, eternal wellspring. You will never go thirsty again. And that's what Jesus offers. He wants to give us something to truly celebrate in our lives. Making fun a habit. You know, here's just some, some quick, some quick uh, practicals we can do. Give yourself permission to have some fun, okay? Make time. Give, give permission. Don't take yourself too seriously. Realize that the greatest fun occurs within the boundaries of God's will. That's true fun. He defines it for us. Learn to laugh at yourself. Learn to laugh at yourself. It's, it's good for us. Find something away from work that you enjoy doing. Lastly, lose humor. Use humor and fun to make the point. Brothers and sisters, I hope we walk away convinced this is a habit that is just as important as any other habit that we have talked about. So that we, as disciples, can not only endure this life, but enjoy it. He simply laughed while enjoying and celebrating it. And we can too. Amen, church. Let's have a great rest of our day. Amen.